All right, we're live. You would we're think live. I would get used. Yeah, you'd think I'd get used to that, but it's like every time that go live thing goes on, I feel like a jolt, like a, just a little shock or something going through my system. But it's a good thing, and it's mm -hmm. a good thing to be doing the first live stream of the week with Jeff Warkow, who is a VP of product management on the CX side for Oracle. Jeff, That's thank right. you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Brent. Absolutely. Now, is your alter ego going to show up at all? Or? Uh, I don't, you know, I have not heard from him in some time. <laughs> Last I heard that he was, he was applying to be part of the disinformation committee that is oh. being formed in Washington right now. And I think he'd be a good candidate for that. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I'm, I'm okay with him not showing up because I think me and Paul Greenberg might still owe him some money from the eighties or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I think you I, do. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he brought that up last time too. Hey man, thanks for taking time. Uh, we're going to talk a pretty good amount about a new survey that we partnered on and some of the results and some of the hot takes we might have, but before yeah. we even do that, do you remember your iPod? I do remember my iPod. I do. I used to love that thing. Did you hear where Apple is discontinuing the iPod? Right. And I, when I heard that, I, I immediately went back to all those days I used to take the bus to work. And, you know, that made long, long bus rides go by fast. But then I was thinking, like, wait a minute. I thought they already discontinued the iPod a long time ago. Because I haven't seen one of those in ages. <laughs> the only reason that I have this handy is I was cleaning out the room. <laughs> and look, I found this. And I found the old, remember the old flip cams? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I could have brought you all sorts. I had the, um, remember the mini, the little, the tiny one that was about the size of a, that was the one to take to the gym. And you could hold like 30 songs. And that was it. Boy, we've come a such a deal. long way. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've come a long way from that, haven't we? Well, you know what? I bet a lot of uh, baby boomers may still be using this kind of thing, you know? They might. That was one of the questions we did not ask <laughs> for the survey project that we uh, worked on. And I think we just launched it last week. Matter of fact, I come with visuals. Let me show you. Let me show you this first visual because I... I have to tell you, I was proud of this promo image I put together of you. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> I know. I just liked it. Matter of fact, it looks like you got a... Yeah, is that the same vest? <laughs> no, different vest. Different vest. Oh. But I'll tell you what. I think I'm bringing the vest back. I'm bringing it back. Like no sleeves. I feel like Han Solo in this thing. <laughs> hey, you look good. But, you know, this... <laughs> I Come have as many bets as you as Rams hats, by the way, I think. Uh, well, so this is one of the Super Bowl winning Ram hat pieces I have. I've, yeah. I've been, you know, rocking these since February. And mm -hmm. I don't think I've worn them a same one twice yet. So that kind of tells you the sickness I have for buying a lot of this stuff. But anyway, folks. So Oracle uh, recently launched... A, a survey, the results mm -hmm. of a survey that uh, I was fortunate enough to partner with them on. And we were really interested in how consumers today are f 
finding information on products? Who are they turning to for help with uh, you know identifying and learning how to use a product effectively, get the most out of it? So we had an opportunity to survey 2,000 folks, anywhere from 18 to 80. Mm -hmm. So we got a pretty wide swath of folks here. And we were really just interested in finding out, you know, today, 2022, how did they go about, you know, finding out information, buying products, learning about products, who they who trust. Do they for trust? Yeah. Who do they so, trust? Yeah. So why don't we kind of talk a little bit about that? And in in the I guess the top line number that uh, we probably should start with. We had a question. When you need help with something, you yeah. know, with learning more about a product, you know, learning how to use it and how to get the most out of it. Who do you trust for that? One in three actually trust social media influencers over the brands themselves. Yeah, that is. Let's think about that for a minute, Brent. <laughs> so if you have trouble with your computer or your microphone, like I had just a minute ago, <laughs> Instead of contacting the manufacturer, the company that you actually gave the money to, one in three is going to go to a complete stranger who started a YouTube or TikTok channel and trust them first. I, I, Brent, let me ask you, do you, is there an influencer that you trust more than the brand? Actually, yeah, at this point, when, when I think about it, there's probably more than one. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like the more I do things like buy video equipment or right. want to know about the latest Apple products, I'm not necessarily going to apple.com anymore directly or the first part. I'm actually going to YouTube. I'm doing a search on the product and I'm checking out all the videos and all those videos are from influencers, people who, who aren't, directly employed by apple but through their content on you know youtube and other social channels you can tell they know their stuff they give you all the different ins and outs some of the best case scenarios and how to do certain things and i start to think this is 2022 and i'm wondering how did i actually get information before right <laughs> i had this opportunity to use these you know these channels yeah, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about that too. I'm I'm just like you, Brent. I'm and I'm Gen X, right? So I'm like, I did not grow up with this. This is something that I was somehow trained to do in the last five years. And I can't remember exactly when it happened either. But uh over the over the uh the lockdown and the pandemic, you know, we all kind of picked up new hobbies and stuff like that. I decided to learn how to do car repair. Now I'm not going to change out the transmission, but I figured I should learn the basics because I couldn't even I couldn't even change a tire. I you know my father was in education. He was like a call. He was a, worked in colleges. We didn't spend time in the garage, you know, under the right. hood. And uh, you know, start installing different things on my Jeep and various things like that. And every part I got came with an 800 number. But I would always go out to a whole series of influencers who I got guys in garages who would walk me through step by step. I think what draws me to it is how these influencers are leveraging the visual mediums, videos, 
how-tos and stuff that brands are still a little bit stuck in the 80s and 70s trying to do stuff in print. Like mm -hmm. here's the 20-page instruction manual written in 20 different languages and you get lost and everything. I think they've embraced those, those cutting-edge communication techniques. But also, more importantly, they come off as way more genuine. Right. They're speaking to you at your level, at your language. They're not using any jargon. They're giving you tips and tricks. You could do this or you could do that. It's not following a set procedure. And it makes this, this content, whether you're trying to learn about a product, learn how to use a product, considering purchasing a product, so much more accessible because it's like you have a friend in your house who's talking to you about it. That's, and, that's kind of what draws me in. Yeah. And the ones that I find myself gravitating towards, they tell you up front if this is sponsored or if the product was given to them to review. Yeah. I really appreciate the, the openness and the transparency so that, you know, you go into whatever they say with at least that in the back of your head. And that gives you the, you know, the opportunity to say, ah, you know, maybe I'll look at somebody else or, all right, let's go forward with this. I think that was really good. Yeah, no, it, it builds trust. It builds trust. It maintains that authentic connection, you know? And uh, I, I mean, I, I wonder, like here, you and I are here on, on your live feed and are people making decisions about their CX strategy and stuff based on what we say or based on what they learned in school or based on their own information or are we becoming the influencers? Who knows? That's a good question. I don't know. But one yeah. of the things that came up when you kind of look at the breakdown of uh, through the generations of trust. So 37% trust influences over brand. So I saw somebody commented on Twitter when they saw that Twitter, when they saw that stat, that just means that two out of every three trust the brands. Why, why aren't you talking about it like that? And then I actually replied to the guy. I was like, look, it would have been really interesting to see two or three years ago, if we had done this, what the numbers are, and then be able to go two or three years in the future and see what the numbers are, and then see what the trend is. Because I'm thinking that that 37% might have only been 20% a couple of years ago. Yeah. And the numbers you have on the screen here right now kind of indicate that because if you look at this it's amazing how linear this is yeah it almost doubles with every generation yeah you know, almost more a little more than twice as many gen x like the influencers it, pretty much exactly twice as many of the millennials over gen x and then you get almost just a little bit more on the gen z's and it might be a sample size but if we put like you know a 10 or 15 standard deviation in here with every generation it doubles and then, so if you think of the next generation, Gen Alpha, brand, it will be a definite secondary to them. Right. And like you said, you can see it's like two and a half X from Boomer to Gen Z and the amount of trust they have in influences over vendors. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece of the puzzle because if you just look at the folks who said they trust influencers over brands, 2.3 times more likely to say they would not do business with a company who doesn't offer a digital self-service solution. So that's a huge re, uh, a trend to look at. 2.4 times more likely to say influencers were their primary purchasing influence. 
Now that's pretty significant there. Two times more likely to purchase something in direct response to content they viewed on TikTok. I'm going to talk about TikTok a little bit more too. And I like that last one. 1.8 times more likely to prefer engaging with TikTok influencers over seeking or speaking with a customer service agent. Interesting trends there. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, w- it, let's talk about that last one is the one that really st- strikes with me. Somebody would slide in, rather slide into somebody's DMs <laughs> to ask them about a product that they don't even know, you know, you don't, doesn't mean they have to answer than to call a brand and talk to service. And I'm, I work on our service products. So that's, that's a big deal to me. And why is that? I, my gut is telling me it comes back to what I said earlier about that authenticity that you get to talk to somebody who probably isn't on an agenda and, you know, isn't trying to rush you off the phone, isn't boxed in by any parameters or anything like that. And can give you that kind of really one-to-one personalized service that you want, or at a minimum will respond right away in just a simple sentence, like do this or do that and get you on your way. That's, that's, it's fascinating how much people are relying on them. I mean, Brent, what does it mean to you? To look at the big picture, people who trust influencers are so much more significantly to do things like purchasing not only purchasing decisions, but actually doing purchasing, you know, based on an influencer, what that influencer gave them. So that trust turns into action and it turns into a a significant difference from, you know, what's been going on. I I think those are trends that you definitely, if you're in business, you have to be aware of these things and you have to start making significant changes based on that. Right. And you have to, yeah. And you have to look at yourself. I, I hate to admit it right now. I'm looking over there at the counter. There are two products on that counter right now that I purchased because I saw them on TikTok. All right. Should I go ahead and ask you what they are? (laughs) If you let me slide off camera, I will show them to you. Let's do it. All right. Give me one second. Entertain (laughs) the people. I'll be right back. I, I am just sitting here can't wait to find out what these products are but i do see a lot of swords in the background i don't know if that has anything to do with it <laughs> you know oh, here we are. It, did, it did cover all right so this just arrived the other day okay all right see this what is that this is for removing hair and fur and lint from furniture and carpets <laughs> it's like a reusable lint roller get out didn't even you come with instructions you just works wow. like a charm. I saw some guy at TikTok. Link was in there. I bought it. Made out of space age polymers, various things like that. Works great. I you don't know, know what it's called. <laughs> What's funny <laughs> about that is, you know, you're Gen X. Yeah. We're we're I'm Gen X too. We're not supposed to be doing that stuff. But we are, yeah. we are, and just as we pointed out in some of the images from baby boomer to gen x to millennials to gen z it's like more and more you're likely to be doing just what you did right 
And then, all right, here's the second one, right? Have you ever had a clogged drain in your house? Who hasn't? Yeah, you could have. You go to Drano, Liquid Plumber stuff. Or if you're on TikTok, you'll watch this guy unplug a series of drains with a bubble bomb. It's called <laughs> Bubble Bomb Japanese Technology. What's oh. in it? Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. Just pour it, down. Nobody, pour it down your drain and just hope for the best. That's Worked great. Amazing. I mean, like, but think about this is like, I consider myself to be kind of an educated consumer and stuff like that. If I bought these two goofy things, and I'm actually very <laughs> satisfied with both my purchases, imagine if a brand or a company took this seriously and actually gave me all the information you need to make a decision. Like these are very low dollar items, so there's no risk involved. Right. But with just a little bit more, you know, these are like five bucks, but with just a little bit more information, you could be selling anything. I could, you know, cars and various things like that. And yes, Neil, you do need that hair <laughs> for sure, buddy. You know, all that stuff. You you can use these channels for this and you can use it for But the other thing too, Brett, was really important is there's no instructions on the drain remover. Mm. There's no instructions on this. Not only did they sell it to me, they taught me how to use it properly all through TikTok. Just through the video. And it's only 15 seconds long. It's very, very powerful. And How effective long. is that? Yeah. Right? And so that's what I, I'm wondering what is going to be the first major brand, like not like a startup, I'm a recognizable brand that we all know that starts to use like a medium like TikTok or Instagram as their primary sales and service channel which tries to deliver the holistic brand experience through this kind of influencer mechanism that we've seen come up so much. And it's such a significant, pretty drastic change. Yeah. Just, just like the 1.8 uh, millennials would rather not talk to somebody and go to TikTok. Boomers are roughly 2x more likely to prefer speaking with an agent when they need assistance than millennials and Gen Z that it, tells you kind of the rear view. Yeah. Where we were. <laughs> well, and I would say this to, you know, a lot of the brands we work at with that Oracle. I mean, let's, it's, let's just talk about the simple algebra of it all. If you are not designing your customer experiences around that millennial, that Gen Z, you've made the decision that you're going to be a niche player. Hmm. Because, I mean, it's just the math, you know? And it's happening fast, it feels like. It just... Yeah, it's happening real fast. And, I, I mean, rapidly. And uh, there was... I'll drop her name on this, but uh, there was one we worked with a long time here at Oracle, Becky Fluger. Hey, Becky, if you're watching. She said one of her biggest challenges in her contact centers was, my customers don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> exactly what our the, the research showed. And my agents don't want to talk to them. Ooh. Because it's the same people on both ends of the phone, right? That's not good. <laughs> well, well I, it, it actually makes sense. If nobody wants to call you, who wants to be the guy who has to answer? It's the same. I mean, we're all humans in this great experience, right? Yeah. So how do you build yeah. trust for the brand? How do you do all that stuff? And then, you know, you, you have to do it through these feeding that same authenticity and all that stuff that you're using for your videos and everything like that 
with, but also allowing it to happen at the rhythm of today's modern, modern customer. Yeah. You know? Okay. A couple of other quick facts here. We just talked about the power of videos and it doesn't have to be long videos. It could be on TikTok, it could be on YouTube. But look how many boomers, it's almost four times the amount of boomers say they aren't watching videos and what's going on with millennials and Gen Z. Yeah. I was like, I, you just see, I can see like my dad there is like, I don't do the internet, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't true. My dad does. He's watching videos all the time, just a different <laughs> kind of content. You're right. But like, yeah. So, and this is really interesting too, because I'll, I'll, we'll bring it in a service angle. Yeah. You know, uh, We've had the ability to do video conferencing via contact centers and stuff like that for a very long time where you don't need to call and listen to the IVR and dial the 800 number and listen to the terrible watered down elevator music. You actually dial on and talk to somebody video. The adoption of this technology was very, very slow. Now, taking into consideration that over the last two years, all of our lives have moved to Zoom. That all of our brand purchasers are on that video wave. All of our influences are on the YouTube and TikTok and all the video platforms. Should we not maybe reconsider this channel again? <laughs> because, I mean, I, I've, I don't know if anybody out there listening, if you are, put it in the chat. I think we've all got a lot more comfortable seeing our face on camera these days. How could you not at this point? Cause it's always on. It feels like how many yeah. zoom meetings a day are, are people on at this point? Yeah, it is. You are, you are your own wonderful little sitcom <laughs> being broadcast yeah. out to strangers and coworkers everywhere. Yeah. We should have a laugh kids, track. Then. Kids running in the background dogs, you know, it, it it's a reality show, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody gets to see your creepy sword fetish and everything like that. You can't hide from that stuff. You can't hide. You just have to. You just have to say, "This is who I am, man." You just just got to lay it out there. By the way, uh, one of my friends has a son who goes by, I think it, it's Jeb the Boxsmith, and he has this TikTok channel. He started. Literally like a year ago. And what he does, he makes, he likes these video games mm -hmm. and a lot of the swords and other kinds of gear he sees in these video games. He actually uses his TikTok channel to build those swords and those fighting objects out of cardboard boxes. That's why he called really? himself the Boxsmith. He has only been around for a year and he already has i believe just crossed two hundred and fifty thousand followers i want to follow him well i figured you might but i will set that up too because look at what the favorite social media platform is for gen x i mean excuse me i should say gen z gen z yeah. when you look at by generation Gen Z is five times more likely to say TikTok is their favorite than boomers. But as you can see, it's it's almost like you've pointed out before. It's a doubling. Boomers, mm -hmm. 4.29. Gen yeah. X, 8.35. Mills, 12.2. Gen Z, 25%. Yeah, and you know, this, this brings me 
this, when I saw this in the research, this actually spurred an interesting question in my mind. Is Gen Z going to a platform like TikTok because that's where their generation is? Or, or are these kind of viral video platforms getting better at what they do with every release? Mm. Right? So Instagram was pictures and then it started doing video. YouTube started doing the long format video, but it was very search based. Then you get the TikTok, which is always designed for mobile and algorithmic based and keeping it with rules bound to where you can't create something that's too long, that's too droning, and everything just comes in really, really quick hits. I'm, I'm going to base this just based on my instinct because I know we didn't, we, we haven't delved into this part of the research yet. I'm going to go with the latter, that these tools are getting better yep. because the main thing is, is me being a Gen Xer and, you know, I feel I'm pretty savvy on technology and stuff like that. But moving from YouTube, I skipped Instagram pretty much. I mean, I have an account, but I'm never out there. Right. But the minute I logged on the TikTok because I had to see what it was about, that had me. And then it became my favorite, you know, and it has nothing to do with the dancing teenagers. It just happened to be that the, the content that was coming through, I either found it so funny or so refreshing that it was, it it was pretty spectacular. Now there's always going to be some new platform that comes along. So what's going to be the next one after this, that gets more and more refined. And then how do we, how do we have to keep on building our brands around that? Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I think I already showed this one. So given all these, get rid of this guy, given just a taste of the data, because we can't go through, there's a lot of data that we were able to collect and, and analyze. But a lot of this, a lot of people would say, all right, this is, yeah, we can see this happening. It's on the more on the B2C side you know but what do you see as traditionally things usually start on the consumer side and then work their way into the enterprise and the b2b do you see that as the kind of the trajectory oh yeah cool. all right cool absolutely and i mean like i'll use you as an example i mean yes you you have a consumer mindset when you're buying all your video equipment and everything to do these amazing streaming podcasts but you're also a small business owner in the same sense. So it's already made the jump from consumer to business. Smaller businesses, but from consumer to business. The, the People are people everywhere. And you don't have a different version of yourself when you go to work that you have at home. If you're the type of person who likes to self-service at home, who appreciates authentic connections with the brands you deal with or with influencers who are associated with said brands that help you along your journey. That doesn't change at 8 a.m. when you walk into the office and you're going to really push for vendors who are also making your work life just as comfortable as your uh, home life. We've already said, you know, the, the consumer has already completed their digital transformation. That happened a long time ago, right? Now it's businesses trying to catch up. But I would totally see, particularly in industry, heavy industry, people doing these viral videos on how to properly maintain your Caterpillar bulldozer, how to, you know, how to change the oil filter, how to, how to 
work through your, your billing and your invoicing, you know, this would all be things that would be very, very relevant that will make one business brand more attractive to another business brand. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'll say one last thing on it, Brent. And I think that's going to happen just as fast as a consumer transition, because when you're looking at like a B2B brand, talking to another B2B brand, it's much easier for them to quantify the cost savings of these channels than it is for us where we're trying to figure out why do I like this so much? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think about like how I go to YouTube and I'm pretty sure five years ago, if somebody were to ask me, uh, where do you view your content? It mostly would have been, uh, you know, like maybe cable TV uh, yeah. and, you know, and then on the internet, maybe blogs and things like that. But I know I spend a significant amount of time now streaming and, and on things like YouTube. And part of it, like you said, is I'll begin looking for things and then they pick up on the pattern and they start serving up, you know, things that they think I'll be interested in checking out. So that plays a, a huge part of this thing. You know, yeah. I think traditionally everything was, from the web and the internet was very much set up for a text-based world. Yeah. We've jumped that chart. We're seeing oh, yeah. everything. Like you said, YouTube was long form. TikTok is short form. Now YouTube has their short form piece. You're starting to see videos show up way more significantly in the search results. And the, and the way they're peppering it in is pretty interesting. They give you some of these videos it's this not, oh, it's the 10 minute video. It's the, here are the five key moments. You can jump right to the moment. Right, the one you want to see. Exactly. So I think you're going to see more of that. You're going to see these algorithms get even better and better. Uh, and I think it might actually accelerate this the change in the switch. And it's, yeah. I agree with you. I think companies, B2B, B2C, anytime you're, dealing with people yeah and of course there's going to be a different pathway for complex products expensive more expensive products but you are going to see that pathway figured out and be used and i think well, you got to be ahead of the game before being too far behind i i can give you a solid example right now too and it was very interesting how the other thing we need to look at in generations when we look at this you know boomers versus millennials is also with each generation the diversity of people who have access to tech to the technology becomes more and more uh broad and we have uh we had a customer of ours who was down in australia at, at oracle and they, they were um they're hiring a lot of people to do complex work in the field who don't speak english as a first language all right now it's very difficult to get them up to speed by giving them a 300 page manual to tell them how to fix something. So what did they do? They just put in an entire almost YouTube like channel directly in their field service applications. And there's no talking. It's just some guy walking you through step by step how to do certain things. The productivity goes through the roof because, you know, it's like you can tell somebody how to do something. You can give them the materials to learn how to do something. Or you could show them. Yeah. My son is learning to cook. He's learning to cook off YouTube. 
<laughs> nice. Watches some video of somebody cooking, says, I want to make that. Even more so, when we start to look at these generations, uh, I had two children, I have two children, then, you know, 10 and 12. They were in the lockdown during the pandemic. The first year when they were being homeschooled all through 2020, um, because all the schools were shut. A teacher sent out a note and told them, if you have a question, Google it first before you ask me. Wow. Now, it wasn't that the teacher was lazy or trying to pan something off. It was just that we didn't have all the mechanisms worked out for remote learning. And she would get so many emails that she's like, kids, we're going to be here all day by the time I can go through these one by one. So she switched them to a different channel. He's going to remember that the rest of his life. We trained him at the age of 10 to do this. Yeah. And he's going to go to the videos. He's going to go to all this stuff. And we just, as brands, as companies, we have to communicate in the style that people want to communicate in. No, I, that's really, really smart. I know it frees her up, but it also, like you said, it starts the training because yeah. at two in the morning, if something hits you, you know, oh man, I need to, I really, I want to know about this. All right. I want to know how I could get past this thing with this thing. And we could go, we could go watch a video, yeah. <laughs> which is Brett, you and I are from the generation of something hit us at two in the morning. We couldn't even turn on the TV because TV signed off. <laughs> or it'd be like those ridiculous, you know, Tom Vu videos yes! you know, like that. So, so yeah, I, I let me ask one last question then. Yeah, go um, ahead. So brands definitely have to change the way that they make themselves available and make the, the information available. But what relationship should brands have with these influencers who have established themselves to the consumers in, in a number of ways, you know, have ex established the way that they present content and the way that they interact with their audience? What kind of relationship should brands build with influencers that are, you know, on their product, on their subject, on their yeah. service, to be to be as successful as they possibly can in making this transition? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody's ever figured this out yet. What's the best way to work with the influencers? Because this phenomenon's so new. The one thing though I could tell you what not to do is no brand should try to control an influencer's content. That is the quickest way to turn on somebody because I've seen many videos where some influencers out there is like reading what the letter that was written to them saying, you are not allowed to visit, you know, say our product does this, this, or this. No. He's like, this is my channel, you know, and all that, because that destroys the authenticity of it. Um, you, you, you certainly have to educate the influencers, engage with them, be part of the conversation. Um, let them know, you know, if they're going to be reviewing your product, showing your product, providing service on your product, help them become experts on your product, you know, exactly. um, and then everything will work out. But um, I mean, it's almost like uh, it's, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of influencers out there where they get really mad at a brand that they were promoting or they got some cease and desist letter about talking about it. It's almost like 
I think that was that's what happens when marketing on its own tries to control the influencer relationship. And when you're working with influencers, it should be a, a combined effort of marketing. Marketing is very important, but of your sales teams, of your service teams and everything like as a company, how do we help this guy deliver all of our brand and not just certain aspects of it and not just read the slogan and the headline? I, I Those are the things that I just recommend. Just like if you're dealing with a customer, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a different, that's, that's my thought. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I it's it, this is, you just went into a bold new territory. <laughs> well, I think after, you know, doing the research, doing the analysis, it's, it's one of those uh, things in the rear view are closer than they appear. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think companies, are going to have to really spend some time and and some thought trying to figure that out because it's not all it's not just just grab who appears to be the most popular influencer but it's the right kind of influencer too it's somebody who is willing to push back you mm -hmm. know and and say what they they actually feel and, and are able to prove or show, but not just an influencer that, oh, if you pay me this, yeah. this amount of money, I'll say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. That's not good. And I think it's even worse if you have somebody like that from a, from the B2B enterprise perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be a, and that'll, that'll, that'll have negative consequences. For absolutely, I mean, it's almost like. But I like what you said there, Brent, about this. Uh, um, people being able to push back and say how they really feel. It's almost like that's why so many people prefer to watch like late night television to get their news versus the actual news because they're going to say what they really feel. All right, they're trying to make you laugh. You know, they're trying to put an edge on it, you know, an extra edge on it. They might exaggerate some things, but it just seems much more more straightforward and yeah. and genuine versus uh somebody who's just reading a teleprompter of talking points you know that's i mean it's the same concept i i it's just how we're wired as humans yeah and i think as more millennials and gen zers you know rise up in in company ranks and become even more uh they have the ability to make these big decisions. I think you'll see that interchange between influencers and company really take full hold and yeah. have a much better form and shape to it. I just think it's going to happen real quick and it'll be really interesting, you know, a year, two year, two years from now, you know, doing this kind of research again, where the numbers of trust are as, more Gen Z and millennials do step into those purchasing decision ranks and how that trend goes from where it is today. If you had to speculate, where do you think it's going? Um, all right. If I had to speculate, I think the uh, influencers will continue to wrestle a massive control of the brand experience and we'll see them have, they, they are just getting rolling. We haven't hit the apex of this yet. The apex is going to start when B2B comes in there. And I think we're going to see 
the the swell where everybody's scrambling to figure out how to deal with this probably in 12 months. So it's almost like this. Maybe we should, it's, it's May 11th. Maybe we should put a pin on the calendar that you and I reconvene in one year and have the same conversation again and talk about what are the influences we're following. I could share about brands that we're working with and how they're embracing them and stuff like that and see if it's changed. If it hasn't changed, if we're in the exact same spot that we are now, which I don't think we are, I, I, I think it's almost possible that we'll be. But if we haven't changed, it'd be interesting to see what happened. Yeah. That, because that would probably mean something new emerged that we haven't seen yet. But I think I think it's going to be the groundswell. I think it's going to be uh, – um, we – we talk about at Oracle all the time is it's a huge part of our CX vision, the concept of digital first, digital first starting, you know, it's that whole concept started in print where they're like, well, we're going to throw this up on the website first, see who clicks on it. And if a lot of people click on it, then we'll run it in the magazine or something like that because printing costs money. The website's cheap. And then that switches to, no, let's put all the content on the website and then let's, the printed magazine becomes a afterthought. And then of course that means you're advertising instead of buying the bus ads and stuff and everything with digital, digital, digital. Now service, everybody wants a self-service first. Digital first has to be your service strategy. But now we're getting to a digital first concept of content creation where my brand message will be created first digitally by all these influencers. And then I'll have to figure out what part of what they're saying about me I want to harness and pull the cord, coal, pour the coals to. Wow. All right. May 11th, 2023. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> May 11th, 2023. Yeah, it'll be fascinating because if the influence number, you know, the trust influence number goes even further towards trusting influencers over brands, what the ripple effect is of that. Do, yeah. do we see, you know, even more dollars being spent because of things they see on social channels? Do they even feel more, more confident they want to speak to influencers via digital channels versus customer service agents via phone? It'll be fascinating to see just the, the, the AB, the trust numbers, and the implication numbers of those trust numbers. That'll be fascinating to see. Yeah. I, here's a, here's an experiment we could run. I mean, I'll talk to some about this. Since I focus mostly on customer service, we have something that is not operating a spec or breaks. Yeah. Give it to a bunch of influencers. Ask them how would they fix it. And then that becomes the fix. Crowdsourcing. Mm. Let them drive all those experiences. I mean... It's possible you could do that now, right? Yeah. Um, you know that's how we that's how we're learning how to do all this stuff. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I no, think sorry. you're going to see a lot of things that we can't even we can't even see in our heads right now. A year from now, we'll be like, "How did we do this before?" <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff, absolutely. this has been great. Really appreciate it. Uh, I enjoyed working on this with you and Oracle and we're still digging in. The numbers are still going to be coming out. We're yeah. They're still going to be coming out and I appreciate all the work your team did in pulling this research together for us. 
and everybody out there listening, I hope I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it gives you just something to really to think about. And uh, we have um, we put a lot of these stats in a press release that we released at Oracle. And there's a blog post on our website if you guys want to go out and see it where you can. Because I know we were flashing a lot of numbers on you. If you want to read in, you can go look at all those different things and look for more from Brent. And Brent, I hope you invite me back sometime, right? Enjoy our talks. Absolutely. Hey, I'm learning all sorts of stuff about things I should be buying because <laughs> you saw it on TikTok first. <laughs> for all your hair and fur needs, this thing. What is it? I don't know. It's just this thing. It's the thing. That you it's want. called. Oh, wait, no, it does have a name on it. It's called an uproot. Wow, to the good people, are up, now I'm an influencer. They are, I'm not paid. That's I'm right. not paid to endorse this product. <laughs> I'm giving awesome. product reviews on live with Brent and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. And talk thanks for people who are watching. And I will be back tomorrow because tomorrow is Thursday. See you on plays. You know what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. <laughs> See you. See ya.